0: how uh, very much I've tried my best to give you the good life. Welcome to the Vibe Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gab Cohen. Each week, we will connect through stories and conversations about wellness, yoga, addictions, spirituality, mental health, rituals, and everything in between. The goal is to transform our traumas into strengths to create the change we desire in our lives. My mission is to help others by shining awareness on real life topics so we can learn new ways to heal physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Whatever you are going through in this moment, you are not alone. So let's connect and heal our vibe within. Da-da-da. expecting A violent reaction. And that's not so unfamiliar to us either. Hey guys, welcome to the Vibe Within podcast. I am your host, Gab Cohen. If you're not familiar with who I am, uh, some of you might follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is flow I am a yoga teacher and I live in Miami. And right now I'm recording this. It's Christmas and my house is empty and quiet. It's just me and my cat, Nar. And we're just chilling. So I wanted to record as many episodes and talks as I can because audio really picks up easily and I need to make sure that whenever I'm recording there's no sound around me so that's what I'm doing. This episode that you're going to be listening to probably is not coming out until after the New Year's anyway but I just like to you know keep it real. I just want to say thank you for tuning in. It really means the world to me that you're even putting in the time and listening, and I am putting in all of my energy to bring really good topics to the surface. Things that I know a lot of people wanna talk about because I get tons of DMs and questions and concerns and all this good stuff, and I feel like I really wanna put my knowledge and my capability to help you guys Um, to a different level. So, you know, Instagram is awesome, and I love it, but words and typing words can only get you so far, and I just felt like I really needed to up-level and create something a little bit more intense so that we can connect and bring some of these topics really to the surface, shine awareness on them, and have a conversation instead of just text, because we all know that texting you know in this day and age we can misread a text and think that somebody's mad at us when really they're not at all and I just feel like conversations need to happen more like one-on-one people community conversations and you know podcasts are amazing sources of you know gold knowledge I have been listening to podcasts for about a year and a half, maybe two years, and it's really shifted my productivity and my motivation and the way that I go about my day. Because I, I was starting to feel like I was getting trapped in the same cycle of like listening to the same music and the same songs, and that is really toxic to our psyche regardless if it's good music or not we're not supposed to be listening to the same things over and over and over again shows movies you know like rewatching Netflix like that that shit really isn't too healthy so I found myself getting really frustrated and irritable when I would start my day because I was listening to the same music and I just got really really irritable and annoyed because all the same songs kept coming on Spotify and I was just constantly trying to find like new inspiration, new music and I shifted myself into listening to more podcasts. So I really recommend listening to podcasts and finding your niche and the things that you really like to hear people talk about because it's really nourishing to the brain. It, you know, when after you listen to a podcast, you feel like you just were so productive, and you learned something, and you nourished your soul. You can go for a run and listen to this podcast. You can go to the gym. You, you can be driving your car. You can be walking your dog. You can be doing your normal life things, but you can make it feel so productive, and that's the beauty of podcasts, and I really enjoy it. So I always like to shoot this shit a little bit before I, you know, go into the episode for you guys to hear. So this is just, you know, a little pre-roll, a little shoot the shit. Um, this morning, I woke up with like severe gum pain, like the side of my mouth. And I'm pretty sure that it's my wisdom tooth because I got my two bottom wisdom teeth taken out when I was like 16. And I remember that, how intense that was but now I feel like my top wisdom teeth are like really starting to come through and I mean I'm in my late 20s so I think that that's probably it but it's it's digging up against my gum and it's kind of like I don't know how much longer I can you know put this off so I'm kind of like annoyed because we all know how it feels to be super busy in life and then like a health issue comes up and you're like I don't have time for this I don't have the energy for this I don't have the money for this and it's like I feel you it's it's really rough and like who has money to go get their wisdom teeth taken out like I really don't so I'm just dealing with that and um, trying to figure out you know a plan because I was actually planning on getting clear braces because there's so many companies that are out there now that have clear braces that you can pay like you know 70 or 80 bucks a month so it's not like you have to pay all at once so that's what I'm figuring out if I should just go to the dentist and then have them take out my wisdom teeth and then go for the braces because this is crazy like you know anything that's related to the mouth and teeth and dental hygiene like We can only put it off for so long and if you if you know a little bit of my backstory then you know that i'm i'm in debt really bad with medical bills because i broke my arm in the summer i didn't have health insurance and i had to go to uh, the emergency room in key west and if any of you you know are struggling and don't have health insurance maybe you've been through this as well where you're just hit with these crazy fucking bills. One ER visit was over $10,000. And it's like, that's just insane. I mean, I know I should have had health insurance and now I'm prepared for the new year. I, I, I enrolled in low income health insurance for Florida. But like, I just, I just don't understand how people pay out of pocket like now I'm I'm dealing with this crazy amount of debt and you know there's nothing that I can do about it I can't just mope and harp on it but it really does suck and I learned my lesson and if that teaches any of you guys you know go go get some health care um if you're if you're listening and you're in the states like the shit sucks. Um, there's tons of programs and there's tons of companies out there that are willing to work with you. And all you have to do is just call the the healthcare marketplace um, over the phone and they'll ask you some questions. And then usually they can just enroll you over the phone. And that's what I did. And I think the plan that I got is like $50 a month. So you know, I mean, even if even if I'm in like the most perfect health this year, which you know, knock on wood, I hope I hope I am. But God forbid if something happened, um, and I need to go to the ER, or you know, God forbid something happens to my wrist again. What if I fall in yoga and like my my wrist gets messed up again? So that's why we need to think in our future and be smart and just take proper precautions. Um, I learned my lesson I learned the hard way and I had never been injured before in my life like that breaking my arm going through surgery uh, now I have metal and screws in my arm and I'm still not even able to like move my wrist all the way back so you know that's been that's been a journey in itself and I'm gonna have an episode just about that and for people who are injured so we can like, get down in the nitty-gritty and figure out how to heal and cope with injuries because I know how scary it is. Um, So yeah, this episode is all about teaching yoga. We get deep in the yoga journey from, you know, what is involved with becoming a yoga teacher, shifting from being a student to then becoming a teacher even though you're always a student it's a shift it's for sure a life change Um, so for everyone who is maybe thinking about becoming a teacher they're thinking that teacher training is something that they are really ready for or maybe you're a new teacher and you just don't know how to get things started this episode is for you Or if you've been teaching for a long time, like I have, and you just have these issues that you have no one to talk to about, I'm going to give you the opportunity to really feel heard. And this episode, we get into all of those things. So, you know, teacher pet peeves, um, classroom etiquette, how to get your, your foot in the door, in a studio, how to get teaching jobs, how to make money teaching full-time, um, how to make a career out of teaching, subbing, um, a- allowing yourself to understand the body and energy and the perks and the downfalls of what ha- what comes with being, being a yoga teacher. So we dive pretty deep into A full spectrum of what you should prepare yourself for when you become a yoga teacher, you know, issues that arise when you have been teaching for a while and, you know, there are downsides to every job. This episode isn't here to scare you away from becoming a yoga teacher. I wouldn't go to any other industry right now because this just is so fulfilling to be a yoga teacher and to see people transcend and become better versions of themselves. There's just a lot that goes into it that people don't realize. Like it's not just, oh, let me go teach a class and, you know, the money really isn't that great. So we, we're going to talk about that a lot. And, you know, this episode is for everyone, even if you're just a practitioner and you like taking yoga classes. This is going to help you better understand the entire thing, the entire situation when you walk into a yoga space and energy and the teacher and the students and it's a really good episode. So without further ado, let's get into it. Love you guys. Before we get into the episode, I want to share with you guys a CBD company that I genuinely love so much um, tonic CBD if you're not familiar with tonic I share them a lot on my Instagram and they do tinctures so so good and I love tinctures because if you're trying to heal inflammation or depression anxiety stress Even your hormones. I think that Tonic CBD does a really good job. And the owner of the company is this woman, and she is so powerful and so amazing and young. And it's just awesome to support a company that you genuinely, genuinely love. And just so you guys know, this is a new podcast. So, these companies that I'm talking about, they're not really sponsors. I'm not getting paid to um, share this information with you guys. I'm just trying to share as much good CBD info and company stuff that I can. So, this is just me, you know, trying to help you guys. Um, You know, a lot of other podcasts do have paid sponsors, but that's not how Uh, This is going to be playing out, especially in the beginning. So every company that I share in my sponsors, quote unquote, uh, these are just companies that I really love. So my favorite tonic CBD tincture is the OG tincture. And this tincture is actually one of the first ones that I've ever tried in my CBD journey. So I stand fully behind it. This tincture is really special because it's not your typical hemp tincture that might taste like shit. This actually tastes really good. Um, What's in the OG tincture? So it's hemp oil, which has CBD in it, ashwagandha, pure maple oil, and black seed oil. So this actually makes it super sweet and the ashwagandha is really good for regulating your hormones. It's good for stress. It's good for your gut. Ashwagandha is really good for, uh, it's an antidepressant. It's an ancient Chinese, you know, compound herb that you might start seeing in teas and elixirs and mushroom products and all this. So I really love how she puts that in her tinctures. It's, it's really special and at night if I am like craving something like little sweet I'll take a couple of doses of that a couple vials and it's like got that sweet kick to it another tincture that I really like is the chill tonic tincture this is a full spectrum hemp extract tincture with ashwagandha lemon balm passion flower mct oil black seed oil and pure maple and this one is really awesome because I take it before bed and I definitely feel a difference. Not trying to, you know, toot my own horn here, but I've been having really good dreams lately. And I I thank CBD for that because when you go into your sleep feeling really relaxed and really calm and just ready to chill um, you have better dreams. If you go to sleep and you're stressed out and you've had a bad day and you're in a bad mood, then your dreams are going to reflect that. So the other night I had a dream that I literally was finding money on the ground everywhere that I went. (laughs) So I woke up and I was like, wow, that was a fucking awesome dream. Okay, cool. And then last night I had a dream that I met Mac Miller and that we were talking and that he wanted to date me (laughs) and I know that might sound really crazy but like his death really struck me hard and it really upset me and it just felt really intense even though I'm not like a die-hard Mac Miller fan I really genuinely loved his music and the dream felt so real, and I remember in the dream saying to myself, wow, I've been manifesting this, you know, I've been manifesting meeting a genuine guy who works in the music industry or the art industry who, like, really is into me, (laughs) and then I woke up, so, (laughs) you know, but maybe that's a premonition dream, but anyways, I sometimes go off on tangents, but um, CBD has helped me sleep really well have more positive dreams so if you're suffering from nightmares or night terrors like I know how that is I go through phases where I have like terrifying dreams some it's just crazy like dreams that you feel crazy even telling somebody about so tonic cbd go check them out on instagram at tonic underscore cbd so it's at t-o-n-i-c underscore c-b-d and if you're buying anything from the company you can use my discount code gypsy love and that will give you a nice little discount code at checkout all right the yoga journey becoming a yoga teacher you know when you start practicing yoga you are stepping into the unknown and you're stepping into your practice and everything might feel fuzzy and good and warm and then maybe you know you feel like you're ready to become a yoga teacher and that's getting more and more popular nowadays to go and do a teacher training no matter what um, industry that you work in. Some people just really want to have that on the side or something to fall back on or just more knowledge in the yoga world. You don't even have to do a teacher training just to become a teacher. You can do it to broaden your knowledge and to deepen your practice. So a little bit about me. I started doing yoga in LA. I moved out there. I went through one of the worst breakups of my life i actually probably know it's the worst breakup of my life for sure um and i was working at a retail store in larchmont village and one of my clients her name was amore i wish i still had her contact information but i'm sure she you know changed her number but she was this dope uh african-american woman super spiritual and she would come in there during the sale and she knew that I was not okay energetically, and she knew that I was suffering, and I was very depressed. I was, I gained weight. I was binging. I didn't feel like I was in control at all. I felt very sporadic and neurotic, and at the time, uh, I was kind of living on my own in LA because my cousin and I had gotten in a little tiff and you know when you're when you're when you live in in an italian family um that shit happens but um yeah so i was living on my own i even lived out of my car for a couple weeks which really sucked but anyways she told me a more this black woman she told me to just go try yoga she would always come in there so blissed out and she felt so good and I like absorbed this nice energy from her and she told me listen you need to start changing the way that you think and I promise you if you try yoga you're you're gonna love it you're, you're you can change everything about your body your mind everything so I was like all right whatever I have nothing to lose I started at the yoga works on Larchmont I went and I took I think your first class is free over there so I took my first class for free this is I had never taken a yoga class before in my life I remember going up to the desk and uh, signing up for the class and I said I'm here for the Vin- Vanessa class and the girl at the, at the desk said Vinyasa and I said oh yeah that's it and she like looked at me and laughed and I could tell that I, I said it wrong and you know it's just funny looking back at those types of things because who fucking knew that you know 5 years later i'm going to be sitting here a yoga teacher like i i was just trying to get out of a deep black depression out of a breakup and Yeah, so long story short, I became obsessed with yoga. I really loved hot yoga because it made me feel really connected to my body and I was like amazed at how intense the classes were and all the energy and everybody was sweating and I would leave just feeling like I dipped myself in a new place, a a new place to bathe my brain and I came out feeling like a different person. So, I started yoga shopping around, and I got my free week at Core Power Yoga, and I remember that was it. Like, I just became obsessed with hot yoga. That was it. Um, You know, thank God I started the way that I did. Uh, Core Power Yoga is the shit. That's where I did my teacher training in LA. So, what's up? Core Power Yoga, Hollywood Boulevard, and La Brea. That was like my second home for three years. And the reason why I decided to do teacher training is because I was going through a really rough time. This was about a year into my practice. So basically what happened was I started going to core power yoga and taking classes every day, every day. After work, I would get out of my retail job because I hated it so much. Um, And I would go and practice yoga, usually the super, super hot class, and it would just reset me. And the more that I began practicing and having that rhythm and that routine, I started to realize, like, this is for real. Like, I am so excited to go to yoga every day that I just want to get through the day to go do yoga because I know how good I'm going to feel after. And that it would just repeat each day. The yoga and the post yoga was the highlight of my day, and I felt myself starting to get lifted out of this crazy depression. Um, then I I lost a friend, um, one of my best friends from art school. He passed away in an accident, um, and. That struck me super fucking hard, and at this point, you know, I was deep into my yoga practice, and I remember when I got that news, the only thing that I could even think about doing was going to, to yoga. Thank God I was off that day, and I didn't have to, like, call out of work or go to work and sell people clothes because that would have felt insane, but I remember going to yoga, crying my eyes out in the back of the class, hiding, you know hoping that nobody would see me but my yoga practice got so much stronger when that happened like i began feeling energy i began feeling his energy i really started to feel this sense of like okay i'm not alone uh there is something higher there's something watching over me um and i i truly do believe that he is my guardian angel now and like he he was by my side right when I got the news um, I think that he was hanging out with me pretty close you know as an angel for the next year or so and I felt his energy it was just crazy so fast forward um, I went to Europe for a couple of months to go you know I needed to get away I was still grieving and I was mourning about my friend and my life felt like it was just so intense and I didn't understand how he how he could have left and it it just felt so weird to me like like how is this happening like it just doesn't make sense and I I needed clarity I, I couldn't just go through living in LA and working at the store I needed to get away so I went to Italy where I have family. I went to Spain where I hung out for a couple weeks with a few friends and it was one of the best trips of my life. I then came back to LA and I remember thinking to myself, "Well, what the fuck am I going to do now?" Like, I don't want to go back to working at the store, really. I I need, to, I need to go veer somewhere else. I can't just go back in time and, and le- le- you know, go back to where I left off. That just doesn't feel natural. I need, I need to do something new. So my gut kept telling me, like, become a yoga teacher. Become a yoga teacher and you can get a discount. And, like, all these downloads and voices and gut feelings started to, like, drop in, like, super strong. And I wasn't familiar with with those things like I didn't know what it felt to have a download and like I didn't even have that vocabulary back then I didn't even know what what I was being told or if it was just a stupid idea, you know, so I made the decision to take teacher training at core power they they said that they would give me a discount Mm -hmm. which they did so that was kind of like, you know, a push, you know, of motivation to go and do it and it was the you know most intense amazing crazy humbling experience that I've ever been through in my life. Uh, I do recommend that when you go through a teacher training it's okay to have a job but maybe not like a full-time job and I know that some of you are going to be like well I can't fucking afford to not have like a job and do teacher training and this and that. I recommend setting your life up so that you can have two months of your teacher training and your part-time job, or maybe you still have your full-time job, but set your life up so that you have time to reflect, and you have time to do the homework, and you have time to read, and write, and practice, and you don't you don't want to feel rushed during this. You don't want to have all these projects and all these things weighing you down when you're in a teacher training because that's not the goal. Like you you want to be in there fully. And nowadays there's actually programs that are the intensive program and there's also programs that are spread out between like I think 3 or 5 months or something. Like My little sister is in a teacher training right now. She lives in New Jersey, and I think it's spread out over three or four months, and it's only on the weekends, or it's only certain weekends, and I think that's really smart of her to do that because she's a server, she's a waitress, and she basically works full-time waitressing, so when she has a weekend that uh, she has the teacher training, she sets up her week. So that she can submerge herself in the teacher training. She takes off work. She makes sure she doesn't have anything else to do. She makes sure that she grocery shops for the week. She doesn't have to do anything on the weekend. And, you know, she prepares herself for that weekend. And that's really smart. So there's always options. And this is going to lead me into uh, if you are thinking about going through a teacher training. Or, you know, you are definitely going to sign up for a teacher training and you just, you don't know where to go or whatever. I recommend that you have a practice already. So, if you're just listening to this right now and you've never taken a yoga class, but you feel very called to go and do a teacher training, which is very normal. There have been lots of people who said, that who have said like, oh no, I've only taken one yoga class, but I I felt very called to action to go and and do this teacher training and maybe they became like a really amazing teacher whether that means you practice for three months six months a year I practiced heavily for one year and I feel like that set me up really really nicely for my teacher training Um, if you think about it it's like okay I'm gonna go take art classes right like this is just an example Um, I'm gonna go take oil painting and I've never painted a day in my life and I'm gonna go take an advanced painting course that doesn't really make sense you're kind of setting yourself up for failure because you're gonna be in an environment that you have no clue what's going on you don't know how to mix the colors you don't know what type of set to buy you don't know what type of brushes do what So, it's like you want to at least know a little bit about your body and the postures and just have a nice little practice so that you feel prepared. Um, How to find a teacher training that's good for you. Honestly, that was just super easy for me because I had been practicing at Core Power Yoga for a year and I loved all the teachers. I loved the vibe. I loved everything about the sequencing and the hot yoga, and I liked the locker rooms. Like, I liked everything about the studio. I could see myself being there every day. I loved everybody that I met there. It was a nice community. Everything just felt aligned. So, you need to ask yourself these questions when you're thinking about going and doing a training. You know, the best advice I can give you is go to. Many different studios go yoga shop around, take a couple classes at like five or six different studios, and feel the vibe in every studio. You know, if you don't like some of the styles that the teachers are are teaching, then maybe that studio isn't for you. Because when you are going through a teacher training, chances are. The owner or the manager or the, the teacher, the leading teachers, they're going to be the ones who are leading the teacher training. So you want to like them. I mean, you want to like their style. You want to vibe with their personality. You want to feel comfortable with them. You don't want to feel judged like this. These are important things. And you don't want to go spend $3,000 on a teacher training and not enjoy the experience. It's about the experience as well. You want to enjoy the experience. So, I already said, um, you know, maybe don't have a full-time job. Just try to set up your life. Try to have it nice and smooth. You don't need to be going out and drinking and doing drugs and smoking weed and partying with your friends during this time of your life because your teacher training is going to set the tone and the mood for your yoga career. So, if you're fucking around and you're going out and partying during your teacher training, you are not really taking it seriously, and that's going to, you know, roll out in, into the way that you are taking and absorbing all the lessons and all the sequences and all the postures. Like, it's a lot. It's a lot of information that you're going to go through. It's learning postures. It's learning Sanskrit. It's learning anatomy in the body. It's learning what, what postures go well and threading them together. It's learning the language of teaching with the inhales and the exhales. It's, it's learning another language. I mean, it's not the same as learning Spanish or Portuguese or whatever, but you are learning another type of way to speak. And I think that was the hardest part for me. Know that it's gonna take time to find that perfect studio, but when you know, you know it's going to click. You're going to feel this sense of security and warming and comfort and like it's going to feel familiar. When you walk into a studio and all the people are just very open and clean and the vibes are there and you're not, you don't feel like you're stepping into a place where you're feeling judged, that's, that's a good place. So when you are Let's, let's shift topics a little bit. For new teachers, I've gotten a lot of questions today about uh, this topic. So, new teachers who have just got through their yoga teacher training and they don't know where to go and how to start their career and just how to get things rolling. Like, how do you start teaching at places when you don't have legitimate experience like you don't have a yoga resume or whatever this is my this is my plan of action for you whether you are an amazing teacher or whether you think that you could use some work you need to start teaching there is no amount of work that's going to make you feel ready Because a new teacher is a new teacher. You're not going to ever feel ready. You just need to start somewhere. And you can start by subbing at studios. So what I recommend is not just going to a studio and asking them if they're hiring. Do not do that. Okay? I'm not trying to sound like a bitch, but they're going to look at you and be like, What? okay? Studios don't just hire random yoga teachers. It's just as simple as that. Um, On the contrary, okay, maybe maybe a certain yoga studio is going to hire a friend of a friend who has a nice following on Instagram, who has been teaching for 10 years, who has a nice resume, and maybe they never met them in person before, but they trust them, okay? That's totally fucking different. For new teachers who are looking to go and start teaching and just get the ball rolling, you need to start by going and taking classes at all the studios that maybe you want to start teaching at. You know, find, make a list of 10 studios that you like their vibe, you think that you would fit well in their studio, and make sure that they, they don't only hire people who have done their teacher trainings. So, for example, like Core Power Yoga, where I did my teacher training, they only hire teachers who have done their teacher training. Unfortunately, that's just how some studios are. Um, And now it's getting more and more popular for studios to do that because teacher trainings give studios a lot of money. And, you know, it's, it's a business tactic. And at this point, it's like... It is what it is, but there are little mom-and-pop studios that are more closer-knit that will hire teachers from the outside to start subbing. It requires you to go and take classes, not just one, take two or three classes at each studio, and I know that sounds like a lot, but you have to put in energy in order to receive you can't just go to a studio and expect them to be like, "Oh yeah, you teach yoga? Oh, okay, yeah, c- come right in. Let's just put you on the schedule." That's not how it works. I wish it was. I wish it was, but it's just not. Um, yoga is getting snobby, and it's it's everybody's yoga teacher. You know, there's shitty yoga teachers, there's amazing yoga teachers, and sometimes you can't <laughs> tell by just having a conversation with people. So. Uh, studio owners and managers are very aware of this and sometimes it's better to know somebody that works there so if you have any friends who work at yoga studios or they know somebody who has a yoga studio, that would be a nice foot in the door. So go take some classes, talk with the manager, talk with the owner, talk with people there, see who knows people, and you have to just dive into the community. Because if you want to be a teacher at a yoga studio, you kind of have to be part of the yoga community. Like, it's just how it is. So... That's step one. Um, Then you start subbing. So start, start subbing. And so before um, you're you're gonna ask me. I know that somebody is gonna ask me this. But how how do I start subbing? So you talk to the manager. You talk to the owner. Whatever. If there's no manager and no owner there, you can email them. Go to the website. Email them. Have a nice little draft email put together that you can send to the studios. Uh, hey, my name is Gab. I'm an, I'm a yoga teacher. I got certified at Core Power Yoga. I have a 200-hour um, vinyasa power yoga certification with Yoga Alliance. They, they definitely want to hear that you're, you're Yoga Alliance um, certified, so I would definitely say that. Make sure that you are. I am, uh, say that you are, you're looking to Start subbing at various different studios and submerge yourself in the yoga community. Uh, talk yourself up. Say what kind of styles you are really amazing at teaching. Tell them, you know, any experience that you may have. You can tell them, oh, I, I taught at this place or I do private sessions here and there or how many years have you been practicing for? Like they, they want to know a little bit about you. They don't want to just hire somebody super new and like they don't know I mean like their their classes they want their classes to be full okay so you can also link them to your Instagram you can if you have a nice following you can like put a picture of your profile and be like hey I have you know 10,000 followers I have a I have a nice following in in the city Uh, I would love to to be a sub at your studio so please let me know if you're looking for any subs especially you know I know that a lot of yoga teachers like to travel and if you're ever looking for a sub let me know here's my information done okay short and sweet if you have a resume you can attach your resume you can attach a photo of yourself so they can put a face to the name that's always nice not too many photos just you know your Instagram maybe your Facebook a photo of yourself whatever So then, you know, chances are maybe one or two of them of the studios are going to be like, yeah, here you go. Like we can add you to the sub list, this and that. That's your foot in the door. Go. And when people ask you for subs, say yes. Even if it's in the morning and you're not a morning person, do it. Sub as much as you can because that's what's going to make you have that courage and that sustainability to feel comfortable teaching all the time the more classes you teach the easier it becomes like when i teach now i'm like on a- autopilot to be honest like sometimes i go into a class you know and i come out and i'm like what just happened what 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 did i just teach because you're kind of on autopilot and you kind of black out and you're just teaching what what comes naturally you don't have to overthink it you don't have to overthink the sequence the music like in the beginning when you start teaching you're going to overthink everything oh this posture needs to come before this posture and this song needs to come at the end and and this and that it's just a lot and I I was there I over I overthunk the entire situation but the more you teach the less fucks that you have and it's just going to come more organically what yoga studios are around you, um, go on Yelp, go on Google, you can ask friends like, hey, what studios do you like the best? Um, do you know if any studios are around this area? Like, you'll find something. There's gyms, there's, there's tons of opportunities. Just be open and, you know, don't just have one particular idea like, oh, I want to I wanna teach at this type of studio. Just You have to just be open and say yes to as many things as you can. And then down the road, you'll have room to pick and choose where you teach. One question that I got from somebody today was about making money and, and teaching yoga. So she said, is it possible to teach full-time making a living without getting burned out? and this question was by was from moon xx child on instagram so my short answer for that is no it's not possible to make a full-time living without getting burned out by just teaching yoga and I know that sounds harsh but like in order for you to make A full-time living and teach full-time yoga you probably have to teach like 25 classes a week and chances are there's not even enough studios in your city that are gonna give you that many classes combined um it's just how it is there's so many yoga teachers and I don't even think that it's healthy to teach that much like the most amount of classes that I've taught in a week was like 16 and I was like holy fucking shit I'm dying you have to understand that it's a lot of energy physically, emotionally, spiritually that you're putting into a class. You're speaking for an hour straight or 75 minutes straight. You're absorbing energy. You're not really focusing on your body. You're focusing on everybody else's body. So it's like, it's just an experience. And it really depends also on like where you're teaching. So nowadays, you know, if you're teaching at like a really nice high scale gym, in your city, maybe they, they pay really well. Maybe they pay you 60 or $70 an hour, which is, that's great. You know what I mean? Then um, there's some mom-and-pop studios and smaller studios that pay you $25 or $30 a class. And then there's some studios that have a, a base rate, say it's you know $30. And then when you have a class that's over 16 or 20 people, then you get paid extra. Um, Then there's some studios that pay per head, which can fuck you over or you can actually bank. So if you have a really big following and you are really submerged in a yoga community at, at a studio and you feel like... If you started teaching there, you would get like packed classes. Like say that when you when you like pitch your email or whatever, um, that's a really good selling point when you're reaching out to a manager or an owner. Um, most studios don't do that. The like the per head, um, you know, unless they they're paying the manager and the owner that much. Like it's just weird nowadays. Um, I. I personally like having a flat rate because then you don't really have to worry about how many people are there and sometimes if like two people show up that kind of puts you in a damper mood and you're like damn I'm only making ten dollars from this from this class and it's sometimes it's really it's unmotivating in that in that sense but for example on on the other side of that um, I teach at Equinox and I love Equinox so much and they obviously they're corporate and they pay a flat rate which is awesome but my classes have 30 or 40 people in them so if I was paid per person I would be making like you know $300 a class and (laughs) that's why corporate places don't do that because the amount of people that are going to those classes like it's just a lot so to answer your question uh No, like I don't think that it's even wise to go into teaching yoga and say, oh, I'm going to teach full time and that's going to be my only source of income. Like, I just feel like it's it's not smart to go into it that way because it's very taxing on the body and it's very taxing on the mind. So you want to have other things going on in your life you want to have different streams of income, maybe you still have a part-time job on the side, maybe you're bartending, maybe you're waitressing, maybe you uh, do marketing for a few different companies, maybe you have a a job at a store or a coffee shop or something. Something that gives you a paycheck uh, every two weeks or every month or whatever that's consistent Okay. You want consistent income. And like, if you're not the kind of person to have a job in a store or whatever, then figure it out. Like make things and sell them or, you know, make an eBay store, make an Etsy store, um, offer private lessons on the side, sell your clothes. Uh, there's tons of things you can do. And I know it's hard, like financial, Security is, like, one of the biggest things in my life that I'm trying to work out. But, you know, for example, I don't rely only on teaching yoga. Um, yeah, I teach at two studios, and that's a little bit of cash on the side, and I get paychecks every two weeks. But I also used to bartend events. Um, I, I do affiliate stuff with CBD companies and marketing I sell things whenever I can, so it's just having an open mind to create different streams of income, and you can, you know, offer cheap private sessions. You can really, like, now with Instagram and social media, like, you have such a wide opportunity to market yourself and, you know, do private group sessions, you know, offer, you know, $20 half hour yoga sessions. I know it sounds like a lot, but, you know, or maybe an hour you charge 40 or 50 bucks and then down the road I would definitely charge more, but just to get your foot in the door, like if somebody really wants to get into yoga and they're like, "Oh, okay, that's not that bad. 40, 50 bucks. Okay, cool." You know, you got to you got to start somewhere. You can do Donation-based classes, so you can maybe link up with another new teacher, and do a donation-based class like a full moon flow, or make an event of some sort. And you know, you can charge five bucks, ten bucks at the door, or you can do donation-based. And you know, nine times out of ten, people are gonna donate uh, for sure Uh, when you're putting your energy in there and into a class. Like people don't want to leave feeling like you know that they stole your energy Um, yeah let's move into another topic real quick Um, if you are looking to teach at like a high scale spa or a gym for example like equinox like where I teach at equinox um, most of the time those types of places are gonna have auditions um, so I wouldn't necessarily say email the manager or whatever and, and be like, oh, can I be on the sub list? Because those operations and those um, corporate companies, they work a little bit differently. So what I recommend is you can still email the group fitness manager or the, the studio manager or the gym manager or whatever, whatever email that you can find online and email them the same email that we said before like talk yourself up whatever but instead of asking them if they need subs say when is the next audition being held Uh, I would love to be part of that let me know if there's any space and please um, let's stay in communication so that I could possibly join that audition thank you so much for your time blah, blah blah and you know most big studios and gyms are gonna do auditions because there's just so many people who want to teach there and there's so many different classes. There's yoga, there's bar, there's pilates, there's like all these crazy like fire starter and core and legs and arms and cardio classes at Equinox so it's really hard to gauge like all these people. Um, What I recommend uh, going into an audition once you get, you know, the okay to join in on an audition is just prepare yourself to teach literally one to five minutes. Um, I know that sounds like nothing, but just go into it full force. Don't waste your time with a vinyasa, inhale, reach the arms forward, exhale, fold, like that shit that everybody knows how to do. What they want to see is your like highlight, prime, amazing time of the class. Um, what your high energy you're you're captivating the class you don't want to go into an audition and be like okay let's start in child's pose okay let's take a few breaths let's go into you know cat cow no please don't do that get into it go into the audition put on your your music start them off in chair pose do some chair pose squats then do a twist then, then fold, then do a vinyasa, then bring them right into a high lunge, warrior three, warrior two, like they want to see what, how you're teaching, they want to know that you know how to teach, they don't, they don't care that you know how to talk all nice and cue the breath and you're, you have a nice calm voice, like pretty much any, any teacher can do that, they want to know that you're going to come in, you're going to demand the room, your energy is going to be taken seriously, that you have a nice way of guiding the students through the sequence, that your sequence is dope, that your postures make sense, your cues make sense, and that it's to the point. So that's my, my biggest, biggest, you know, tips for going into an audition. Don't waste your time taking them through child's pose and all these postures that like are just filler their fluff they want to see your prime climax of the the practice of the class so let's shift a little bit now into uh, what comes with becoming a yoga teacher um, and what to be prepared for so when you become a teacher of any sort not just yoga you you kind of have to create an alter ego Whatever you are teaching, um, you have to create this other sense of yourself, this confident, you know, very well-rounded side of yourself. Um, You can't go through the day, you know, being bossy all the time and intense and a know-it-all, but when you step into your classroom or your conference or your TED Talk or whatever it is, yeah, you have to own it. Um, becoming a yoga teacher is sort of like an acting gig on the side. It's it's kind of like a performance. Just like when you go take a bar class or flywheel or soul cycle or whatever. These are high energy, uplifting, uppity. You know, sometimes that doesn't come so easily every day, especially if you're having like a low energy day and you kind of have to switch that switch on. So when you step into the yoga room, you got to put all your suffering to the side and, even if you're having a rough day physically or emotionally you have to drop into that space of okay this is it's time to put that aside and that's it a performer you know has to disconnect from whatever it is they're going on that's going on in their lives to be fully present you know somebody who like ariana grande who like goes and performs on these huge concerts hundreds of thousands of people like if she's having a bad day she can't go on stage and like have that energy like she just can't so it is kind of like a performance your intention when you walk into the space of teaching yoga is to make sure that everybody is safe and happy and comfortable so sometimes if you aren't holding the best energy that's going to rub off on other people you can't take anything personally if someone leaves the class early Um, It's just what it is. Some people have a lot of shit going on in their lives. Some people have stomach problems Some people need to go use the bathroom. Some people need to go cry. Some people are really hungry. Some people Don't know how to get through the class. So whatever there's people who leave my class and I'm I'm a quote-unquote Amazing teacher that everybody says but there's still people who leave my class sometimes and I'm not like taking it seriously Like I don't give a shit I know that I'm putting everything that I can put into my classes and I, you know if if they're having a rough day and they're leaving I'm not like so traumatized that somebody left my class early like it is what it is there have been classes that I've wanted to leave early but I for some reason don't have the balls to do that because I'm a teacher now so it's really hard for me to step into a class and leave early because it's a respect thing it's an etiquette thing um And that actually brings me into etiquette, classroom etiquette. So as a teacher, you're going to see things that happen that really pisses you off, like people on their phones, people, you know, lying on their back, gazing off into space, people looking around the room while everybody else is doing yoga and, you know, they're staring them down. There's a way to verbalize people to stop doing that so in the beginning of my class i say all right guys let's get in into this put your distractions away put your phones away you know put them on silent put them underneath your mat put them in your bag i don't want to see a phone out let's really zoom in and let's focus on ourselves like there's always a positive way to tell people like listen you don't need your phone right now let's focus on on this um that's a huge huge thing and sometimes people bring their phones out to like see what song you're playing and you know they have those apps where you can like figure out what song they're playing if somebody's doing that during the class don't like go over there and like call them out um there's there's exceptions you know what i mean but if somebody's on their phone sitting there texting and you're you're in the middle of a class you know i would i personally When nobody's looking i would go over there and be like hey can you put your phone away you know like let's you know unless it's like an emergency or something like you can sometimes feel out the situation so just make sure that you have proper classroom etiquette going on you don't want people walking into the yoga room with shoes on that's super rude even if you work in a gym or you work in a yoga studio that allows that i like to have people leave all their belongings out in lockers or their shoes off like when you walk into the yoga room you don't want to feel like anybody's just walking in there and like heavy and has shoes on and like all this shit like it's little things like that that can really change the energy and the dynamic of the room so you want to take control this is your yoga room this is your yoga class you are in control you want the energy to be clean and clear and focused and comfortable for all your students I can't, you know, say that enough. Yoga etiquette is so, so important. So when, let's shift into a new topic, absorbing energy in the body um, and in the mind. So when you become a teacher, you're going to become very sensitive. For example, sometimes like I will go into a class feeling super, super open and light and like super stretched out and good and no tension in my my hips and My arm's feeling good, but when I leave after teaching, it feels like I absorbed a lot of tension and blocked energy, especially in my thighs. When you're a teacher, um, you're not demonstrating everything. So you're kind of walking around, and you don't really notice how you're walking and how you're distributing your weight and if you're tiptoeing or whatever. So sometimes this happens, and it happens a lot for me, actually. I'm wondering if any of you guys have experienced this as well. It's pretty intense. Like today, I taught the, the holiday reset class and it was packed, mat to mat, huge class. I could barely walk. I felt amazing when I went in. I felt very like limber and I stretched in the morning and I did my own practice and I felt great. But then after the class, I felt really tight. I felt puffy. I felt swollen. Um, and I can really feel the swelling and puffiness happening gradually as I'm teaching. Like the deeper I get into the class, I feel like my legs are just swelling up. And that could be, you know, my adrenals. That could be my thyroid, you know, mis- misfunctioning or whatever, like symptoms like that. But it was really intense. So, you know, you have to practice centering and releasing energy after you teach and that's really really important go for a walk use a steam room or a sauna stretch on your own because after an hour or 75 minutes of just walking around the room and half-assing postures and like adjusting people you're going to absorb energy especially when you're touching other people's bodies okay whether you whether you feel a connection to them or not whether you've never had a conversation with them or or not you're going to absorb some type of energy, okay? For example, today there was a woman who was obviously in some discomfort and I could tell that it was in her hips. Um, I went over to her and I gave her an adjustment when she was in child's pose, just like a really comfy you know, massaging of the lower back and the hips and I feel like her discomfort or her pain kind of, absorbed itself into my own body and it was really weird because I think that it was her right hip that was bothering her and when I left um, the class my right hip you know was was flaring up and I, I do have something going on in my right hip anyways sometimes I'll I'll stretch and it'll like pop back into place but like it was really intense today so yeah Go get moving, drink lots of water, stretch on your own, do some deep breathing. Um, You know, you have to disconnect yourself at some point from the class. So what I say is after you've been teaching a class, give yourself 10 to 15 minutes to answer questions, to do small talk with people, you know, help them if they have any, any injuries and they need some, like, guidance or they have a question about, a posture, or how to how to heal an injury, or something. Ten to fifteen minutes. That's it. Then you're like, okay, thank you guys so much. I'm gonna go get my stuff. I gotta run. All right. Um, because if you keep the conversation going, you're draining yourself. You just taught sixty or seventy-five minutes, right? So now you're you're continuing that, and you're you're trying to help people for for longer after the class and that's amazing that's what's expected from a teacher you should be staying 10 15 some teachers like staying a half hour and like really getting deep into conversations like it's happened before for me um but if i'm not feeling comfortable and i'm feeling like i really need to go focus on myself i'm not going to force myself to be in a conversation i'm going to say all right it was so nice chatting with you um i actually have to go run some errands or i'm going to go get some coffee or i have to go call my mom like it's not that you're lying it's just that you need to break free and you don't want to be like okay i really am not into this conversation like that's that's rude you know what i mean you want it to be clean and, and flowy, and you don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. You don't want to make them feel like they crossed the line, but you need to have your boundaries. You need to set boundaries and be like, okay, this is it, 10, 15 minutes, goodbye. Energies linger. The quicker that you can release them and, and go and release the class and you know, focus on your grounding and centering rituals, then the easier it is for you to let go of any energy that maybe you absorbed from somebody. You know, uh, today, for example, I I was making a lot of eye contact with people. And I don't know why. Like, usually I don't. Maybe it was because it was light outside today. And usually when I teach, it's, it's dark in the room. But... I was definitely making more eye contact than usual, and people were looking at me in the eyes. So, you know, we have to be very careful with that when we're teaching. We don't want to make a lot of eye contact. We need to learn how to limit the eye contact, and sometimes limit the adjustments, limit the hands-on adjustments. Um, It's not necessary to go into a class and touch everyone, like, especially if you're a new teacher, there's, there's no reason for that. Um, you definitely want, want to build your stamina with that. And I personally, ever since I broke my arm, I wasn't really able to adjust that much because you need two hands. Um, I feel very confident with the way that I teach with my verbal cues. I can even squat down in a frog squat or sit on the ground and teach a full class. I am very, very in tune with my words and my descriptions and my cues, so that's something to keep into consideration. Um, You know, if somebody in the class is continuing to look around the room and look at you and look at other students, sometimes just because they're, they're lost and maybe they, like, don't know if they're doing things right and it's fine, but there's ways to, uh, you know, cue people to stop looking around the room. Um, You can say, like, just focus on yourself, resist, you know, looking at your neighbor, resist looking around the room, try to find one drishti, eyes are focused in the front of the room or wherever the drishti is. When your eyes are focused, your mind is still. Don't waste your energy on something else. Don't waste your energy on someone else. Really zoom in, tunnel vision, put your blinders on, focus on yourself, and that usually helps the students realize, like, I need to stop looking around the room. Because when, when there's a student that's looking around the room constantly, that's gonna trickle into every other student. It's not okay for, for a student to be looking around the room, breaking their neck, looking back, looking forward, looking side to side. No, they need to learn that that's not okay. And if you can come up with a way that's, that's open and light and, and to the point, like, you know, Let's all really focus on ourselves. Pretend you're the only person in the room. Doesn't matter if you're doing the posture 100% perfect. Really focus on yourself. Everyone in this room is is worrying about themselves. Focus on your intention. Don't worry about your neighbor. Don't worry about me. This is about you. Like, you have to say things intense sometimes for people to really get it. And sometimes it takes multiple times of repeating yourself in a class. I repeat myself all the time and sometimes people don't realize you know what it is that I keep repeating until the last time that I say it and then they fix that bottom foot and then they fix their alignment there have been times where I've seen somebody in a posture and they're just completely wrong and I'll literally repeat myself five times in a row and it's kind of funny because people are people people realize oh okay she just said that five times like you know what I mean? It's I don't do it all the time, but when I feel like being funny, I'll do that. So, you know, you need to know your style of teaching. You know, if, if you're a very hands-on person, that's fine. If you feel comfortable doing lots of adjustments, that's fine. But understand that you are going to absorb people's energies. So keep those two things in mind, eye contact and hands-on adjustments. If you have a class and you know the energy just feels off or it feels intense or you feel uncomfortable these are some things that will help lift that you know heavy energy or yucky energy you can change the music to something uplifting and fun and good and upbeat and you know really that helps instantly um, you can also shift your class into being becoming more difficult, so amp up the sequence, make it more challenging. That literally will force people to breathe. it will force people to be present there's no there's no room for people to like even look around the room sometimes. You can. Transition into some core. You can bring them into a plank pose. You can bring them on to their forearms, forearm plank, do plank dips randomly if you feel like people aren't breathing and you feel like people aren't, you know, present. Get them to a point where they have no choice but to be present. You can work on some pranayama. You can do inhale through the nose, exhale out of the mouth. Ha. Ah. And, and breathe with them and, and have audible exhales and, and have them feel very comfortable and have them feel safe, like they can really let go. Open mouth sighs, open mouth exhales, audible exhales, these are all really good for releasing energy and tension. Um, if things are, are, are really weird and, in your class and you just need something to break that energy off, like bring some humor in there, like make a joke. Um there's just there's ways to make people laugh, you know? Like if you're in chair pose and everybody looks scared and like they're gonna cry. You can be like, okay, breathe and now smile. Now now that's where the yoga starts. You know what I mean? Like there's there's little ways to to bring in jokes and I'm like sometimes they're corny, but like people will people will laugh anyways. You know what I mean? Like if somebody, you know, if If people are, if you're feeling like the class is, like, really feeling this posture and, like, everybody's suffering and everybody is, like, struggling, you can be like, I know this sucks, I know it sucks, guys, we're getting stronger. And, like, usually somebody's going to laugh when you say, like, this sucks, you know what I mean? Another way to uplift the energy is by becoming vulnerable, Um, especially, like, when you're in a hip opener or, like, pigeon Or, you know, anything that has to do with the hips and people are kind of relaxing and their head is down and their eyes are closed and they're breathing, you can call yourself out and you can be like, you know, these postures are very intense. I remember when I started doing yoga, I would cry every time I came to Pigeon or, you know, it's normal to have weird memories and emotions surface when you're in a posture like this, um, Today, I called myself out because, like I said, the energy was really intense. And I basically, in pigeon I said, you know, just breathe, close your eyes, be here. I know that these postures can be really intense. Focus on something positive. And I I told them a little story about how I used to kind of be in this, like, toxic frame of mind, like, poor me, poor me, pity me, and everything's going wrong, and I explain to them that when I shifted that that mental frame and that state of mind into abundance and gratitude that things in my life drastically started to get better and that we're always in this kind of lack state of mind and it's it's natural, it's normal because we're all so we're we're human. There's a lot of shit going on. But when you call yourself out like that, you're, you're basically showing the class, listen, I'm human. I know. I know that you guys are all feeling something right now. Let's just embrace it. So it makes them feel comfortable to feel, to open mouth exhale, to let go. And it's really nice. Okay, so let's shift into a question that I received today from Tempe Queen X. She said, do you ever feel like being a teacher is just a popularity contest? Can I just say, like, I fucking love you and I love that you just brought this topic to the surface because, yes, I do. I 100% do think that being a teacher um, in the yoga and spiritual communities has become who do you know instead of what do you know? And that goes for any industry. Literally, fashion, finance, being a lawyer, being a doctor, a writer, creative, an entrepreneur—it really is who you know, and that's gonna help you get those teaching jobs and get those gigs. But what I don't like is that there's some studios that that have a cattiness and they have um, a very, you know, high school feel. Um, a lot of gossip. And that's that's a turnoff. So for me, it's like the most popular teacher, you know, might might have this vibe, this different type of vibe that that might feel a little egoish. you know what I mean? And that's not cool. Um, and you're going to see this. You're going to see this happen. Like the most popular teachers in the studio, they're going to get praise. They're going to get more, more classes. And that's, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. I mean, I've been teaching at one of the studios, um, not Equinox, but the other one. And it's, it's been about four years. And when I first started, I only had one class then slowly as they they saw me becoming more quote-unquote popular and people liked my classes they gave me one or two more classes okay then last year they gave me one more class and then you know a couple months ago they gave me another class so it really does take time for you To prove to your students and the studio that people like your teaching style and people like you and you're approachable and you're fun and you're nice and you're strong and you lead a cool class but there are going to be times that you feel like teachers have these classes and maybe they're not that great of a teacher maybe they don't resonate with you maybe you can sense some some sort of tick in their personality you're not gonna like every yoga teacher and you know now with social media and Instagram and all this stuff it is a popularity contest it's how many followers do you have it's it's you know where have you taught oh, okay I've taught this festival or this this studio and this and that and it's like okay like you know it's just it's business and popularity is always going to be in every industry there's going to be drama there's going to be popularity and it's just it's when you when you're aware and you can separate yourself from it and not give a fuck what other people are doing and put your blinders on I feel like that's what needs to happen especially in the yoga industry so I hope I hope that answered your question thank you so much for listening to my second episode of the vibe within podcast I really hope that this episode helped any of you guys who are yoga teachers, soon to be yoga teachers, or anyone who is just thinking about maybe deepening their practice and showing interest in, you know, taking a yoga teacher training. I know that it can feel intense in all sides, you know, being a yoga teacher, whether you're experienced or not. This is a very weird industry, but it's fucking awesome. It's very fulfilling, and you make people feel so good. And it gives you such a humbling life experience by putting yourself out there and guiding people to become better versions of themselves. So I just want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you don't follow me on Instagram already, my Instagram is gypsyloveflow. Please subscribe, um, do a screenshot, leave me a rating, and share with your friends and family who you feel like would resonate with this episode. Thank you so much, guys. Love ya.